The reading is taken from John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 27. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I, le I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Io, very much for reading these wonderful words of Jesus. Uh, we're continuing to look through various promises Jesus made with so much uncertainty around and anxiety around uh, to listen to the words of Jesus where he talks about giving his peace and not being anxious uh, is so important. And today there's a series of promises of Jesus that all really collect together in him saying he will give us his Holy Spirit. So let's pray that we will hear him speak to us today. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That even though things change around us and the days are very difficult with a new lockdown coming, you still promise to give your peace that passes understanding and to pour out your Holy Spirit. So send your Holy Spirit on us now, on me as I speak, on us as we listen, and may we hear you speak to us and give us grace to open our hearts to receive what you say. And we ask it in your great name. Amen. 
So here we are in John chapter 14. Uh, these words Jesus spoke the night before he died. It's in the upper room. They've had the Last Supper. And everything about that night would have been electric. The disciples would have remembered the smells, the sounds, the things Jesus said. Uh, for a start, it would have been their first Passover meal as Jesus' new community. They would have normally uh, celebrated the Passover in their own uh, homes and gone back home. Now here they are with Jesus. Then there was the bit where Jesus washed their feet. They'd arrived with muddy feet from the dirt and dust of Jerusalem streets. There's a bowl of water. No one would take the role of servant. And Jesus did it and washed their feet. Then there was the bit about Jesus saying one of them was going to betray him and Judas going out. And John says, uh, as Judas left, he walked out into the night, that picture of Judas walking out into the darkness, away from Jesus, the light of the world. And then Jesus took the words that had been said at Passover meals uh, for 1,200 years or so, and he changed them. Instead of breaking the bread and saying, this is the bread of affliction our fathers ate in the wilderness, he broke the bread and said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And uh, the cup of wine after supper, he said, this represents my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Everything about that night they would have remembered. And then Jesus taught them a lot. He taught them that he was going that it was for their good he was going. They couldn't work that out. Uh, they would have struggled to understand all that he was saying. And then they went off to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus would lead to the cross. And then, of course, to the resurrection. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And all the things that Jesus taught on the, in the upper room would have come to life. They would have started to understand what he was saying. They would have remembered what he was saying. Uh, there is so much here of Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit, but I've picked out five things. I'll try not to preach five sermons. I'll try and touch on these briefly. And they all come together in the fact that God wants to make his home in us by his Holy Spirit. Uh, so the first thing about the Holy Spirit is that he comes to us in the place of Jesus. Uh, verse 16 of our reading, if we can put that up. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate or counsellor to help you. This is the sense of another one like me, one in place of Jesus. Uh, while Jesus was there, that was wonderful. But he was going and he said he would ask the Father to send another one like him. The Holy Spirit, if you like, replaces Jesus uh, by coming to live to be Jesus in us. And now the word advocate is really hard to translate. Some translations talk it the counsellor, some the comforter, some the helper. Literally in Greek, the paraclete, the one called to come alongside. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes to be alongside us and indeed to be in us and to make Jesus real to us, to replace Jesus to us. In verse 18, Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, he'd gathered this new community, these disciples, and he was going to go, and they would feel bereaved and left alone. And Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you by my Holy Spirit. Uh, this is a promise of Jesus I wanted to preach on, and I picked it today on a Adoption Sunday when we think of people giving a home to people who don't have a home, uh, as Katie led in the prayers. Wonderful. Three or four families in our church 
uh, or more maybe, who adopt and foster. Uh, and that is a wonderful thing. Jesus cares that people are not on their own. And he cared that his disciples would not be on their own. He said he would send the Holy Spirit to them. Uh, and so he does to all of us who bow the knee to Jesus as our Lord. Uh, as I was listening to the news yesterday, well, I was waiting for the news. I was thinking, great, we'll watch it before the rugby. And then I thought, oh, no, it's going to come in the middle of the rugby. Then I thought the Prime Minister was watching the rugby and he'd do it at half-time. Uh, then we thought it'd be at the end. But we, I was waiting for it. And the, sort of this anxiety of what's going to happen, this sort of weariness of change. And I just sort of wanted Jesus to be there for, for me to say, well, what am I meant to do? How, how does this affect the church? How does this affect me? How does this affect our family? And then, of course, I realized what I was preaching, that Jesus is there. He's here by his Holy Spirit for us to talk with him and to bring all this to him. He, so that's the first point. I said I wouldn't preach five sermons. First one, uh, he replaces Jesus. Here's the second one. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Let's look at verse 17. He is the spirit of truth. I will send the spirit of truth. And now truth is a great theme in John's gospel. It's obviously a great theme uh, in the whole Bible. But John particularly uses the truth. Uh, right at the beginning of his gospel, John chapter 1 and verse 14, we read this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Uh, the words written over my head, John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He's the way to God. He is the truth about God. He gives the life from God. Uh, in chapter 16 and verses 12 and 13, a little later on that evening, Jesus said this, I've much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll speak what he hears and make it known to you. He'll tell you what's to come. So Jesus recognized that the disciples couldn't cope with the amount of truth he was giving them. But the spirit of truth would help them to understand. And it did help them as they came to write it down in scripture for us and help us as we understand it. Uh, in verse 26 of our reading, let's put that up. When the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. Uh, that's what happens as we read the scriptures, as we ask God to teach us. The Holy Spirit comes to be Jesus alongside us, in us, helping us to understand his truth. And there's loads in here about obeying the truth. Uh, God has made us in his image and we work best when we follow the maker's instructions. So this isn't meant to be a, a harsh or repressive thing. Julie's testimony earlier was lovely, wasn't it? God had been speaking to her for quite a long time about her relationship with alcohol. It, God wasn't wanting to spoil her life. He was wanting to set her free and give her something, freedom. Uh, but Julie still had to obey that nudge. And so it is, we have to obey God's teaching if we want to enter into the fullness he has for us. Uh, so just look at these things. We heard these as Io read them to us. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Of course, if we love God, we'll want to do what he says. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Uh, 
verse 23 and 24. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. We'll come to them and make our home with them. So it's this sort of virtuous circle as Jesus reveals his truth to us and we start obeying it and go with it. God gives us more and comes to live in us more and more and more. Uh, So that's the second thing. The first thing, he replaces Jesus. The second thing, he's the spirit of truth who leads us into truth about God. The third thing, he's the Holy Spirit. Uh, Verse 26, Jesus describes he is the the advocate, the counsellor, the one called alongside, but he is the Holy Spirit. And the point is that God is holy. He is utterly pure. And as he comes by his Holy Spirit to live in our lives, he starts pointing out to us things in our lives that are not holy that we need to deal with. Now, God is very, very gracious, and he tends to do it bit by bit by bit by bit, one thing by one thing by one. Uh, If we had to change everything all at once, it would be too much. It's the devil who tries to condemn us, to say, you're rubbish at this, 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 and this, and make us give up. God says, I love you, now let's deal with that thing, and then we deal with it, and then let's deal with the next thing, and then let's deal the next thing. And as the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives, he shines his light into some of the dark corners. Uh, So sometimes when people are finding their way to Christian faith, as they start coming closer to God and God shines his light into their lives, they say to me, Jonathan, I thought I was meant to be getting better, but I seem to be getting worse. And I say, no, no, you're not getting worse. What's happening is that you're getting closer to God and his light is showing up the stuff that was always there that needed changing, but when you're in the dark, you can't see it. And the Holy Spirit will shine his light and say, that bit of your life isn't very holy. Should we deal with that one now? And then the next one and the next one. So as I've said a few times already today, we are works in progress. And there's always a next thing and a next thing until the Lord comes to take us to glory and uh, we become the finished article. So he's the Holy Spirit. He replaces Jesus. He's the spirit of truth. He's the Holy Spirit. Fourth one. He's the bringer of peace. Look at that last verse from our reading today, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Uh, The way the world does peace is by trying to arrange everything outwardly to be comfortable. Let's have comfortable homes and enough money so everything's comfortable and life is easier. Jesus never promises that. Life is often difficult outwardly. But he promises an inner peace that even if things are really hairy and kicking off even if uh, the pandemic is really messing with our heads or with our relationships or with our work God promises a peace that comes by his Holy Spirit he is the bringer of peace indeed after Jesus rose again on that first Easter day when he met his disciples he breathed afresh on them and he said this this is chapter 20 verses 19 to 22 On that first Easter day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Peace is one of the resurrection gifts of the Lord Jesus to us. It's one of the things by his Holy Spirit he works within us. 
Uh, now, today is a day of lots of baptisms. We baptised Cara earlier. It's very good to see Cara looking peaceful and contented after the trauma of being immersed in baptism. At the 8 o'clock service this morning, I baptised Chris, uh, a guy of about 40, and at the evening service later, I'm baptising Sam, uh, who's in his 30s. And when I interviewed Chris at 8 o'clock, I said, what's the biggest difference Jesus has made? He said, peace inside. That was what he was beginning to experience more and more and more. So Julie gave testimony about how when she was anxious, she was trying to medicate it with alcohol and that wasn't working very well. But God has replaced that with Holy Spirit, not alcoholic spirit. And it's a whole lot, a whole lot better. Indeed, St. Paul said to the church in Ephesus, this is Ephesians 5:18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Now, when people are drunk, you can tell. Uh, they don't speak so well and they don't walk so, so steadily. And they either turn violent or they try and kiss you and say you're their best friend. But you can tell. Uh, when we're full of Holy Spirit, it should make a difference. And the difference tends to be peace and joy. And if we're not experiencing that, then there's probably something a bit out of kilter in our relationship with the Lord. And we need to come to him and say, Lord, what is it? Can you point out the bit where I'm missing you? And then deal with that, as Julie gave testimony earlier. So he replaces Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to be Jesus so we can talk with God wherever we are. Uh, he's the spirit of truth. He teaches us how we're made to be and how God is. He's holy and wants to bring his light into our lives. He's the bringer of peace. And here's the last thing for today. That God makes his home in us, right within us by his Holy Spirit. This is so amazing. Uh, as I was preparing the sermon, I was just struck afresh by how wonderful this is. Home is such a wonderful thing when it's healthy. That's why on Adoption Sunday, we celebrate people giving homes to people who haven't got them. Uh, and there may be someone watching this today who's wondering if God's calling you to do that please do explore if that's what God has for you. Uh, we will do our best as a church family around you to support you in that. Uh, there are some things we can't do for you, but we'll do our best. But providing homes for people is wonderful. It's terrible when home is not a safe place. And obviously in lockdown, there are some homes which become more difficult and we need to pray for God's mercy and grace there. But when home is a safe, good place, that is wonderful. And Jesus teaches that he wants to come and make his home in us so that we're at home in relationship with God. Listen again to these verses. Verse 17. Uh, you know him, Jesus says. He lives with you and will be in you. Verse 20, Jesus said. On that day, you will realize that I'm in the Father. You are in me and I am in you. Verse 21, Jesus says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Verse 23, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. This is utterly extraordinary. Uh, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in an eternal relationship with love. And he draws us into that relationship of love. And he comes to live in us by 
his Holy Spirit. So he takes up residence in our life and uh, starts to bring changes. Now, that happens in all sorts of ways. I remember when I got married, there were, Juliet came and started living. We shared our house together when we got married. There were a number of changes that that brought into my life, into my wardrobe and some habits that needed to change and various things. How much more when God's Holy Spirit takes up residence in my life will there be changes? And all of these are changes for the better. The very next chapter, and I won't preach the next chapter, don't worry, chapter 15, Jesus speaks about us making our home in God, abide in him. You abide where your abode is. Your abode is your home, so you abide, you live uh, in your home. And Jesus invites us to make our home in him. Uh, Wherever your physical home is, wherever you work, wherever you spend time, we always are to be in relationship with God, with him making his home in us and this is so amazing as I said yesterday evening I just I'm quite weary from this pandemic and thinking how do we do church how do we lead this wonderful church family through all this change and I was praying Jesus if you would just be here and of course he is here by his spirit he lives in us and he guides us and he lives in you and he will guide you Lovely seeing Cara sitting very contentedly on her mum's lap there, secure in the love of her human parents. And we are more secure because God loves us better than any human parent has ever loved any of their children. It's so wonderful. So I'm going to lead in a bit of prayer about this now. Perhaps I could invite the band to come back in a moment. They're going to uh, sing the song that Gethin wrote for us a few weeks ago. Uh, called Home in Us. It's about God making his home in us. And this song fits beautifully with what we're thinking about today. Uh, But before they lead in the song, would you stand? And I want to lead in a prayer.